Welcome into another edition of NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside Micah Adams and Alex Novick. Uh, gentlemen, the third time we've done a pod under weird circumstances this year. And uh, But good news is we won't stop potting. We're going to continue potting even though the NBA has hit the pause button for at least the next 30 days according to Commissioner Adam Silver. Um, and we'll have plenty to talk about, especially on this podcast, figuring out what happens from here on out. Um, isn't it, do you guys want to, I guess, start with what we know right now? Because we don't really know. We don't really know anything. Much, right? We right? just know that it's suspended. It's going to be like a 30 days. seconds conversation. We don't know if there's going to be a regular season. We don't right. know if there's going to be. I, we don't know if there's going to be any games. We don't know if it's all going to be best of seven if they do the playoffs. I mean, oh, there's. Man. Completely unprecedented. Yeah. No fans or fans. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be shocked if they play any games with fans, even yeah. if, they, if they do play games. But yeah, it's I'm not going to try to speculate. There's, it's not even Adam Silver knows right now. But yeah. I don't think anyone knows. So we won't try to do that on this podcast. But what we will try to do is A, edutain, entertain a little bit. Did you say edutain? <laughs> I did. Edu- I like that. I like that. That's edu- actually that's a good, good. new word. And, edu- and entertain at the same time. Um, the regular season, had it not ended, uh, still has a month and a half left it to it. Um, granted, it obviously always around this time anyway. We can go out and say it that most people kind of turn their attention away from the NBA game and turn to the NCAA game. So for the casual fan, they wouldn't realize that basketball was happening. But with only four teams locked into playoff spots, there's still a lot more for everyone to play for. Three teams in the Eastern Conference, one team just out west in the L.A. Lakers. The Clippers, who have had a great season, aren't even locked into playoff spot officially. They're, they're a playoff team. Um, what does it mean for those teams that haven't locked in a playoff spot if the regular season were to end today? Well, I mean, we've talked all year about the importance of seeding, uh, specifically with regards to just the like in the Eastern Conference, there's a massive difference between being the two seed and the three seed based upon who you play in the first round, right? There are teams like the 76ers who are battling injuries. Now, all of a sudden, they have a chance to get healthy, which is introduces Scary. an entirely different yeah. wrinkle. Uh, the race for the eighth is crazy in the West. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of permutations out here. I think that we probably know... 15 of the 16 playoff teams, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 15 of the 16 situations are set in stone. There's nothing to play for because there, there was a lot that could have happened over that final, you know, 20 games or so. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest, the team that would be celebrating the most is the, is the Grizz, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause they were, they were looking like they were going to fall out pretty soon to be, to be completely honest of that a spot, either the Blazers or the Pelicans probably were going to catch them in the next few weeks so if if we're going with uh this is the lock 16 that the the grizz are are celebrating an incredibly successful first season with john Morant, and it's worth pointing out too that so you look at the remaining schedules memphis has the hardest schedule left in the nba (laughs) and the pelicans have the third easiest schedule left in the nba and they play each other twice and the pelicans already beat them twice so it's like you know they're they're dodging dodging a huge one uh if if you know, we somehow return and they just decide to take the top 16 and go. 
we like we said off the top and uh we'll continue to say throughout this podcast we have no clue what's going to happen next but i do want to have a little bit of fun with you guys right now what would you like to see regular season wise to decide the 16 playoff teams if you had blank slate opportunity to pitch adam silver an idea to say hey this is how we should end the regular season when we get back to start the regular season so you're really springing, springing I, I one can, out I can start with one. I, no, <laughs> yeah, you can I can go start, first. I can start with one. Uh, well, this one's already out there. This was the, the proposed idea was uh, at the beginning of the season, Adam Silver wanted to have it this way, was the play-in for the last two seeds. Why not try it? I mean, the top six seeds in both conferences would automatically be locked into the playoffs. And right now when you look at the schedule or when you look at the conference the way it is, the only team that really would have a beef with that I mean, should Ma- be the Dallas yeah, Mavericks. They'd get completely they, screwed. They would get screwed in that in that scenario. They're, they're a game and a half out of sixth place in the Western Conference as we sit. Uh, but what happens would be the... Uh, it, it, the seventh and tenth, seventh through tenth place in the regular season standings would play in a, a sort of round robin tournament. Uh, seven would play eight. The winner would clinch the seventh seed. The loser of that game would then play the winner of uh, a game between tenth and ninth place, and then the winner of that game would then end up in the eighth spot. So that that really doesn't affect anything. I think out. West as much as it does East. Um, East, I mean, you're you're now re-entering the Charlotte Hornets, who doesn't have who have no shot at making the playoffs right now. Uh, <laughs> the Washington Wizards, who have really no chance. Technically, obviously, mathematically, they have a chance, but not not really. But it would make things interesting out West because Sacramento was playing their best basketball of the season. They seven of their last ten they've won before this this pause in the season. The Pelicans were starting to heat up and figure things out. Would Sacramento be in it though? Sorry, not to. Cut you uh, off, but they're they're eleven right now in the right. in the West. Well, they, they, it's t- they're tied for eleven, so we'd have to figure out how that would work. Yeah, one and know, done, baby. Play in, play in for I'll the play, play in, in. <laughs> play in for the play in. I like it. Well, the Spurs get screwed out. out of that too. Then they're a half. What they're a half yeah, game they're out. Half game out. Same number of losses as both New Orleans and Sacramento. They imagine if one fewer game. Imagine if Pop ends up getting in the playoffs and continuing his streak because of the <laughs> this round robin playing situation. It would be incredible. You can't get rid of the Spurs, man. <laughs> yeah, but think about how how intense that would be for a little chunk of the season. Because then you don't say that you're not you're you're not canceling the entire regular season. You're rewarding the teams who have won all year. The top six, you're saying, all right, good job. Get in there. Get ready for the postseason. And that battle for seventh and eighth now becomes interesting in the East. Because it's not interesting right now in the East. It's over. And in the West, it's even it's going to heat up even more. So I th- selfishly, it would be awesome if they played all of the remaining regular season games, even if they, I mean, they gotta, they gotta redo the schedule anyway, right? Right. So I would imagine that there would be sort of a, a truncated schedule, kind of like the the 2011-12 lockout season when there were, you know, the teams weren't having three days off or two right. days off between games. They gotta do it anyway. They could even make it so the travel is advantageous, right, and, and stagger it so teams aren't flying cross country as much as they need to. Um, that said, like. With everything going on, I kind of hope they just say we're just cutting it off now. The top sixteen go straight for the playoffs. Yeah, okay. Because I I don't know like how many. So aside from okay, the the grouping of teams that are sitting outside of the eight seed in the West, right? 
there are so many games that would be played that in the grand scheme of things are completely meaningless. Like, what are you, what are you doing when, like, the Detroit Pistons and Charlotte Hornets are playing each other? Same right? like, they do, don't want to play those same games. Same thing you do in the regular season. No, I know. But well, now especially if there's no fans. But now then, we're going out of really our way play. to play games that don't have any meaning. They're not in front of any fans. Like, there would be a lot well, of then, atrocious basketball. Fair. But what if, what if you then, for, for those teams that really don't have much to play for, maybe they're playing for their draft, their draft spot or their draft lottery odds then? What if you give them that? You could. But, I mean, at some point, like, what, like, what are we doing here? We're, we're going to, like, move heaven and earth to, to make sure that we change a half a percentage point with who finishes with the seventh versus eighth worst records? Right. But I'm I just trying like, to create some excitement for those a, games that you. I agree. Uh, like it's a, it's a completely unprecedented situation. So like somebody's gonna get screwed here. Sure. Right. Like the the Pelicans and Spurs and Blazers and Kings might completely get screwed if they do this. Right. But then if like what you were saying, like if okay, let's do a make believe playing tournament. Okay. Now the the Dallas Mavericks who are a, seven games up <laughs> uh, of eight now all of a sudden have to do a, a one and in or say you only do it with the top seven get in and then you look in the eastern conference and there's only a half game difference right between the magic and net so then you're like completely screwing over the team that's in eighth instead of seventh because i don't know the, the people that are going to get screwed the most are any fans that have to watch a round robin where the wizards and the hornets play to get into the playoffs you don't think that and would those, fire up the, the fan base no, though the hornets get, and get wizards those two both teams, don't those have a two chance teams don't even deserve a sniff of the playoffs you're especially right. if you're talking about single game elimination where like anything can happen <laughs> those two teams have no business even being met, in the conversation. Yeah. bradley beal going for 40 <laughs> and keeping his team alive you know what, yeah. you know what, what, what could work so if you're not having fans in arenas anyway, and you're trying to figure out a way to reduce the number of travel and get all the games in, what if they almost had like, like pods? So let, let's, say, let's say that they were like, okay, we're going to play the Grizzlies and Kings are going to play at 7.30, and then the Suns and Pelicans are going to play at 10, but they're going to do it at the same arena. Mm-hmm. Because there's no home court advantage. There's no fans anyway. That's true. So March Madness style. You could do a March Madness style. You look at who has to play who left on the schedule, and you could strategically organize it in a way where you have teams literally playing in the same city, and then maybe even like two days later, they're just playing like the other team. You do like a little like round robin based on the schedule. You get creative with because then you're also reducing the number of teams traveling. You're reducing travel. You're just you're being smart about the whole, you know, we want to prevent spreading of coronavirus. Right. But I think you also then create something that's a little bit different and captivating while still actually playing the games that are still on the schedule. Would it be more ca- I don't know. captivating with them? Cause they're still playing the same games. They're just playing in the same arena. There was a, um, there was an image the other day, Colin, was it you that found the image of the, Warriors and Hornets playing a preseason game in the Staples Center, and there's no, but there's like an image of Chris Paul going up, and I think it's with Monte Ellis, right? But then behind them is just complete empty stands, yeah, because nobody, like nobody in LA, wants to see a preseason game right. between right um, two two bad teams, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it's something different. I think I think the interest level will be high anyway when we get back. When we get back to business, especially for if you if you're if you're starting the regular season where we left off, those 
out west for those four franchises that still have a chance of finishing eighth i think it's interesting there and maybe five if you want to throw in the uh spurs because you could also do it in a way where you're like okay we're going to schedule it and then we're going to have like memphis new orleans portland in one pod in one pod to end the season that's interesting playing each other over two days on one court kind of like a little mini tournament so like a plane <laughs> i see you coming around yeah I'm getting there. <laughs> see you coming around. all right so so that okay that's not likely but that's probably it, not. It's, it's not it's not gonna happen <laughs> but what about this i'm throwing another one at you and this has nothing to do with this season i'm thinking about going forward now i we'll get back to the season in a second um there's always talk about going from 1 to 16 in terms of the playoff seedings. When you look at it right now, the 16 best teams are actually in the playoffs. Like that, that's if you, if you were to remove by record, by record, if you were to remove everything that 16 best teams are in the playoffs. But going forward, what if we did a crossover uh, within the conference? So they do this in the CFL. They're like hockey, that's, right? Uh, they do it in hockey. No, but they do like they do a weird thing in hockey. I, I can't even explain. You're spend Canadian. Time you can't explain the no, hockey. No, I, I can, but it's spend time and explain. It. It's not worth it. Okay. Uh, the CFL, <laughs> the CFL is a, a little different. Canadian sport. Yeah, yeah, different Canadian sport. This is a lot easier. So what they do is they still have the conferences, and that still matters. But if you are say the Brooklyn Nets are sitting in seventh seed, and they have a worse record than someone across the conference that is not in the playoffs, then that team takes your spot. So you cross over immediately into that conference, and now you become – so if you're right now, if you're the Portland Trailblazers who are sitting outside of the playoffs and you had a better record than a team in the East, regardless of where they are, then you take that spot. So you're saying the Blazers would then play the Raptors, Raptors in the first in the round? first round. So it makes it – seven seed in the East, essentially. I like yeah. that. That's, so that's makes cool. stealing spots. You're stealing spots. Like so it that. makes it inter- – you still keep the conference. You still keep the integrity of both conferences. You play the same sort of schedule, but it makes it interesting for, you know, the Orlando Magic think they're home safe right now because they're five games up on the Wizards who aren't going to catch them, but they're only one game up or half a game up right now on the Portland Trailblazers – a game and a half, sorry, on the Portland Trailblazers if we were to start the season again. It also makes like Game 82 a lot more interesting. Way more. Usually like Game 82 for 25 of the 30 teams is utterly meaningless. There's right. guys sitting out. Nobody starts their guys at all. Alec Peters scores 36 points. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Alec Peters. Get him back. <laughs> Google him. Uh, who has him on fantasy, by the way, in our, in our little I hope no, league. He's not in the NBA. He's not in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> That was when, when did that happen? You do a fantasy it was, Euro like, it was two years ago, I think. That's it. So for yeah. for who, whoever, I'm, everyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, he Alec Thank Peters you. last game of the season two years ago, I believe, had he set some record by being one of like two guys over six ten to score thirty five points and hit nine threes in a game or and something never stupid like that. Game. And that was his last game in the NBA. It threw me off. I listened to our Spanish uh, brethren's podcast in Spanish, and they were talking about Alex. Peters right, we're for done about talking 10 about ten minutes. Peters. So. <laughs> It made me think that he came back to the NBA some way, somehow. All right. But what do you guys think about that crossover style of, I like of conference? It. I think that's really cool. Because I think, too, be. like one of, the, one of the things that um, people are somewhat anti doing away with the conferences is then, like, you lose some of the regional, you right. lose some of the, like, the, the rivalries, right? Like, you don't want the Celtics and Lakers playing in a, in a conference final. I guess that could technically still happen, but. Like I think you're you're being a little bit more mindful of tradition that way, right. 
because it would take something completely crazy for you'd have an eight seed knocking off a one seed and then winning again. So, yeah, I love it. I think that's great. I think it'd be pretty cool. I'm not entirely sure how it relates to. We're talking I'm about now. About, I'm thinking about different it's, ideas. It's a really cool idea. I'm just thinking about it different ideas. It literally has nothing to do nothing with, to do with, with it. coronavirus. Came into my head as just thinking about different ideas of, of ways that we can uh, flip around the NBA. Um, all right. So, so if, say we go straight to the playoffs. How do you see this playing out? What is what is the impact that this is going to have on the playoffs? Um, also, from for me, the first thing that I think about is guys getting healthy. Like Ben Simmons getting back into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Philly's going to be stronger. Uh, Giannis being able to get back into the lineup and be healthy and have a full month off having his team was on three game slide before we had this pause. It's a big, it's it's almost like we're all losers in this. It would have been way better. So we're not going to do like winners and losers of the, you know, (laughs) but like the bucks are definitely a team that benefits from that. The Sixers are a big team that benefits from that. And if they even take the additional time to say, they take another month to play the regular season. So let's say, we're off until, let's say, regular season picks up May 1st. Right. And they decide, you know what? We're going to play the final 20 games. It's going to take us th- a month. So say the playoffs start on June 1st. There's a man who has not played the entire year <laughs> who plays for a team currently in the playoffs. His name is Kevin Durant. Ooh. I would love to see Kevin Durant for the seven seed at Nets. Man, going on against the Toronto Raptors in the first round. You wouldn't be playoffs. excited about that? You're you shaking your head. You excited about that? It would be cool. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of hoping to put off the whole Nets, Kyrie, Durant melodrama until next yeah, year. Yeah, but Kyrie's, <laughs> Kyrie's out, though. He's in shoulder surgery. Like, he's, he's out yeah, four to six months. I hear you. I think, I think if the Nets weren't so much of a poop show right now, that would be a legitimate possibility but i think they've been such a mess new coach no Kyrie. i don't think it's going to happen it would it would be interesting but he doesn't want to put himself in it like think about what last year when he came back and then put himself in that position and wasn't ready and then disaster he's not gonna but put it, himself it, in another position it like will that. genuinely be a year of of like real time but what's the upside for him gets to play this year when we thought he thought that the season was I watch for him. A guy like Clay Thompson, you don't think he's itching to play? If he was, if 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 the worlds were reversed and Clay Thompson could get into, he has no chance because he's not gonna make the playoffs. But if he had a chance to play yeah. this season, I think 100 percent he would. No, nobody would want any part Clay, of Golden State, probably, like yeah. eight seed None. Golden State, if yeah. they somehow, if like Steph and I gotten hurt and they right. managed to. So did the Nets beat the Raptors in the first? That it makes it. So I wanted to, I wanted to play something out with you guys here. Okay. Okay. So Kevin Durant, even if he's. 80% of his of himself. Right. Let's say he's 80. Let's say he comes back, he's not prime Kevin Durant, but he's 80, 85%. He's the best player in the series against the Raptors. Is you don't think 80% of Durant is equal to Pascal Siakam? No. That's like a actually I mean, that's actually a not similar bad. comparison. I, yeah, feel like, but he, I feel like it's a little bit disrespect to Pascal. <laughs> 80%? I I am not arguing that Kevin Durant that's is disrespectful true. to Kevin, yeah, Kevin I was, Durant. I thought you were right. disrespectful Kevin to Durant, Durant in the first 10 games of last year's playoffs. 35 and a half points, I'm 50, not, 40, yeah, 90, fine. five times, five boards, over a block, over a steal. Yeah, Steve was, Kerr said, quote, this is the best I've ever seen him play. What what do you, what percentage did you put him at after the one game that he played in the finals? Like He scored he 11 less, points in 12 minutes. I know. Was he less than 80% in that? In that? Yeah. Yeah? Then, yeah, fine. He is, he's far so better. So what, what I was going to get at, <laughs> so let's say they beat the Raptors. Right. Okay. Then let's say, you know, they, they make it by Boston. Boston. Right. Probably not going to happen, but say they do. I have a question. 
could Kevin Durant outplay Giannis in a series at that point? He would no. have had. If no. they if they no. win two series, then yeah. it means that like Kevin Durant in, is in that's what I mean. Tip top shape. That's yes, what I mean. Can. Okay. I think so. Could Karis LeVert outplay Chris Middleton in a series? Averaging twenty four a game over his last sixteen. I mean, it just could happen, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank. Yeah, on it. it could. It could happen. Yes. Could Spencer Dinwiddie outplay Eric Bledsoe in a playoff? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's not. Even, that's not even debatable. <laughs> could the Brooklyn Nets make the NBA Finals? They could under that scenario. Yes. I'm just saying. No. They could. I'm just saying. Who would they play prepare out to, west? Prepare to relax your imagination a little bit here. Let things unplay a little. I don't know. I'm just saying. I like it. I'm I, NBA I, Finals in August with Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, and no Kyrie. What if Kyrie came back too, though? I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want. That. I want. I want the Nets push without Kyrie. <laughs> you want that narrative yeah. to continue? I'm just saying. <laughs> I like it. I um. If Kevin Durant were to come back, I think I think the Raptors should be scared. I agree. Any version, any version of Kevin Durant healthy enough to play is you have to you have to take that seriously, right? Uh, Alex is he does he's not like out this. On this. First, first he's all, out. First of all, the one thing you haven't even mentioned is that nobody comes back from a from an Achilles injury the same. It's not a true. single player has Demarcus ever done, Cousins is still, Dominique Wilkins, who's a freak. Yeah, yeah. Demarcus Cousins couldn't even get on the court. So, but but. but in saying that, Kevin Durant's game, I mean, it's going to be, le- it's not Dominique because Dominique was such a high flyer. Like, his, and he, he was, was so he was already washed, right? Everyone said that, that about, point, yeah. about DeMarcus Cousins because he's a like floor but he was player. Fine. He's under the rim player. He was terrible in the he last He was terrible when he came back. Don't do that. <laughs> Come on. But he's I also mean, not Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant, I'm not saying he wouldn't be good, but I don't, to say that he's going to be Kevin, the same Kevin Durant even after two years off is, is a stretch. And then to say that he's going to come back and like just <laughs> start playing in the playoffs and beat the Bucks, Like, what are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what we have to do. There's here. no games. <laughs> <man. laughs> yeah, this is what we have to do. <laughs> playing find a fantasy here a little bit. Uh, all right, fine. Uh, Kevin Durant doesn't come back. But <laughs> so the playoffs start today as is. Are we now putting the Sixers back in business? Like, like a lot of us picked, including myself, a lot of us picked Sixers to get to the finals. If the play, if the playoffs start when we return, when we return, without the regular season, this is the play. This is the seedings that we have. It will be a month from now. Who knows? Yeah, what? this is season. No, no, nobody gets to get in. No regular season games. We're just boom right to the playoffs. I mean, for for a few reasons, I think they'd be in good shape. One. Obviously, Simmons will be healthy, or we're, we're, we spe- hope, we're right? speculating yeah, that we're he'll speculating. be healthy, right? Joel Embiid was quietly starting to actually shoot really well and play a lot better over the last few weeks um, since he came back. And that's the team that, like, with as weird and dramatic and all the chaos that's been with that team, this might be the best thing that they need is just 30 days or how, whatever, two months of just, like, a blank slate and just come back with a fresh start, and they might do some real damage. I could see them getting to the finals. They could completely undo just the complete dumpster fire that was. Not a dumpster fire. That's probably a bit strong. But the the roller coaster of their season could, uh, could, they could be once again going back up and, and about to reach a peak, right? Whereas we thought that there was no chance of this happening. And look, they're probably a team, too, that would actually rather come back have a regular season, play their, like, have Ben Simmons play in a couple of games and have Joel Embiid play in a couple of games. But all, all of a sudden now, if you're pushing that timetable back to, 
you know, at least a month, maybe two months. Like, I don't, I don't see why not. They're, they're probably the team out of anyone uh, that gains the most out of this. I was realistic. That was, that was gonna be my next. That was going to be my next question: is who, who? It's hard to say benefit. Yeah, I don't want to say benefit, but you know what I mean. Um, You you answered it, and I think I agree. Well, and that's just it's it's because of the injuries for me. That's like if to Ben Simmons, you can't. The Sixers aren't doing anything if Ben Simmons is not on the floor. Yeah, I mean, if we're asking who else is benefiting, or we we still want to talk about Sixers because because I think you're gonna go back Kevin Durant. Not (laughs) get get Kevin Durant his bulky Achilles out of here, but. One team, I'm, I'm going to stick on this bandwagon. I think the Thunder might benefit significantly from this. Okay. One, because outside of their top seven guys, they have zero depth. Mm-hmm. Like literally players that shouldn't even be in the NBA playing minutes for them. And that team needs to be as fresh as possible. And I think if they are, they've been playing awesome lately and they're, they really have a chance to win one, maybe two playoff series if they're fresh. But with a 35-year-old Chris Paul, I don't know if they would have been fresh heading into the playoffs if, if things just kept going as they should have. So he's going to get a break. Uh, Steven Adams is going to get healthy. And that they might really benefit. Plus, this is a long shot, but they might get Roberson back if they get another couple months, which as shallow as their lineup is, will be huge for them. So I think, uh, I think they could really make some noise and take advantage of this crazy situation that's interesting as well um i don't know if there's a bit be- yeah better more benefit official team out there other than sixers because I-, I think the injuries for them is is such a big part of just being healthy for everybody such a big part of uh of all this um who's going to be okay by this i i think that the teams that have been together the longest the raptors the bucks um maybe even the nuggets might be able to get back and pick up right where they left off a little bit um, just based off chemistry, just just based off the fact that they would have, you know, they, they have years of being able to play together and go through the grinder. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the, the Raptors in particular are, are a team that would probably roll through this as if nothing happened. Um, one of the teams I think that, you know, we were talking about how – the Bucks could benefit, and how the Thunder could benefit, and the Sixers certainly. On the on the the flip side, I think the Lakers are probably the team that this throws off the most because they were just starting to get in a rhythm. Where, I mean, they they had just beaten the Bucks, they had just beaten the Clippers. LeBron was starting to get MVP love. Anthony Davis was coming on strong. The rest of the rotation was seemingly starting to work itself out a little bit, and now like. Yeah, maybe it's good that LeBron gets to rest more, but I think he had already shown. It's not like I don't think he needed any more rest. I think that this was a, a team that was starting to really gel and play the best that they played the entire season, and all of a sudden we're going to hit pause. I don't know. It, if, I, if I had to pick one team that is sort of, uh, I don't know, that, that, that is in a position for this, for this to really hit, hit stall on their season, it would be the Lakers. It's going to kill some momentum. Yeah. They had that narrative going, like you were talking about last week, about LeBron riding that narrative to MVP. I mean, things were very rosy for yeah. them. And, yeah, this definitely puts a wrench in it. 2017-2016, LeBron led the NBA in minutes played. 2017-18, he led the NBA in minutes played. He's playing the least amount of time on 
in minutes per game this season than he has in his entire career. And I know there is a lot of miles on his body, but he's been able to rest and be fresh um, for fourth quarter pushes more than any other time really in his NBA career. And that would have benefited the Lakers heading into the playoffs had this continued. But this, I guess, more time off for LeBron to rest up and not take that wear and tear on his body helps. And it helps the rest of the team a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but the the chemistry is a big part of it. There's another- again, we forget that they, this team's brand new. Like, they just got put together. Yeah. I think, I think that uh, the other team in L.A. I think is an interesting one to think about with, with regards to how this stretch impacts them because – um, you know, Paul George was back. I know he was great in that Lakers game, but he has not been very good. Uh, he now has more time to rest and recuperate and, and kind of get right a little bit. So I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's interesting in the sense that I, like health really shouldn't be that much of a deciding factor in the sense in the same way that I think it would have been. I I don't know. I feel like like the the um, the the playing field is is being leveled here a little bit. With everyone is dealing with the same set of circumstances, everyone will have had time to, uh, you know, with, with the with the exception of guys like Kyrie and 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 certainly Kevin Durant. I know, but uh, but these little minor hiccups, I think everyone has a has a chance to just get healthy and play. And yeah, I, I agree that it levels the playing field definitely for players who are beat up and, and a little older, but I, I think it actually hurts the Clippers because now their whole plan all season to stagger Kawhi and Paul George and not really gain any chemistry is kind of backfiring if they don't have the last 20 games of the regular season to kind of get on the same page. And now you're throwing them together only having played how – many, how many games they even played together? Less than 10? Kawhi's played 51 in total. I don't, and I'll get you, Paul George, uh, if you keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Phil, Phil. <laughs> He's played forty-two. Okay, but how many? How many? It's have like those crossed over? It's it about 30? thirty. Yeah. Okay, still they, they haven't they haven't played a lot together, and the the other team that I think and and no one's really caring that much about this team, but the Pacers. Um, you look at Oladipo mm-hmm. trying to work him back in. He had just had by far his best game since he came back, having twenty-seven points against the Celtics. Um, he needed some more time too, and if he had those last twenty games, they might have been able to make some noise, at least win a playoff series. But I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have enough time now to really get in the groove. They were one of my sleepers. Bro- of Brogdon's season. got time to get healthy now too, yeah. right? He's been That's banged true. up a little bit, so. That's true. Yeah. Um, Coaching is going to matter so much when we get back. However, it looks like when we get back, who do you trust the most heading into the postseason out of the playoff teams to be able to withstand? Getting his team back, getting them together, getting them back on the same page, and prepared and ready to rock. I guess Doc is the guy that came to my mind. Okay, the quickest. I mean, he he's dealt with all kinds of issues and challenges in in his career, and I, I would put faith in him. The other guy, the guy I wouldn't necessarily, is Frank <laughs> Vogel. I mean, opposite ends of the spectrum there. Right. So. I mean, I, Doc is. I think Doc's the. I, I say this in a, in a good way. He's like the easy choice here, right? Like yeah. he he was the one that navigated the Clippers through a lot of the Donald Sterling stuff, right. and he's. I mean, he's he's sort of been through everything that I think you can, in theory, go through, 
right? Like the Heat, I, I feel like this would be a good thing for like the Miami Heat. I agree. With Eric Spolstra. Um, you know, and look, we talked about the Sixers benefiting from having time off for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. On the flip side, like, does Brett Brown inspire a lot of confidence in you? Carlin, you're shaking your head. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Brett Brown if you've listened to this podcast before. How do you feel? Uh, not, not the greatest of head coaches in this situation. <laughs> uh, you could actually even go listen to what Jimmy Butler had to say about him on uh, his appearance on J.J. Reddick's podcast. He's not a big fan of Brett Brown. so And that's a guy who played for him. Um, and Who is Jimmy Butler a big fan of? Himself? Uh, he's a big fan of Pat Riley, actually. Big okay. fan of Pat Riley. Uh, but Miami, I like the Miami pick because they have such a structure and like you can't come back out of shape in Miami. These other teams, you might be able to get away with that. Yeah. Y- you're not coming back out of shape in Miami. So I, I like Miami and I also like Nick Nurse. The, like Nick the, Nurse. The, the whole like coming back in shape thing is super interesting in the sense that when we had each of the last two times that there was a lockout and guys were out and not playing, mm-hmm. everyone came back out of shape. I know that this is different because it's in the middle of the season. It's a month and it's like self quarantining, but I I can't imagine guys are sitting there like pushing themselves, going hard in the gym by themselves every day. And one, I mean, maybe they are, I I don't know, but it is an interesting wrinkle to think that you might, especially if we jump right into the playoffs and we don't have that ramp up for the regular season part. Like, I don't know if, There's going to be like one or two really important players on good teams that come back and look like they spent the month eating and not working out and doing nothing. Don't say who. Should we go there? Should we? Should we speculate on who? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Sounds like you're wearing a jersey right now of somebody that I I know you're probably thinking I'm thinking of. I wasn't even thinking about. He doesn't even. all right, we'll, we'll talk about Jokic. I think Jokic is probably the guy that doesn't it matters the least. Yeah, because he doesn't sure. really need to be in shape. Uh, the first month of the season would beg to differ with you, though. Yeah, he was bad. That's fair. He <laughs> struggled. He struggled. But, but yeah. I think that had more to do with playing in FIBA. You think so? And just being a little tired and okay. trying to ramp back. That's up. fair. Uh, I thought you were going to go Zion, but he might. He not, he's, he's not, not in the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> and he's, he, even if they did, he would be a non-factor because yeah. all he does is, is wow, score and rebound. The, the hate continues. <laughs> No games, talking about appreciating greatness more, <laughs> losing some of the saltiness. Nah, that's that's all uh, that's all coming back here on the NBA sound system. Um <laughs> if okay, we go to the playoffs. What do you guys think about this? Do we do a best of seven? Or are we going back to the days when you and I were young? Uh best of five in the first round. You looking at me? I know I got gray hair here, but come on now. I said all of it. I was looking at everyone. Uh I think they're they're gonna do best of seven, right? I would like to see a best of five. I would love to because with with the fact I, that all these guys are off, they're they might be chilling. You have a huge chance of upsets. I I understand that, but like you also have to think of the all of the money that they. I know like the, the money's a part of it. Like you can't not talk about the financial component of this, mm-hmm. especially so, after China. Right, China exactly. Situation. Right, we have China. If we're going to lose twenty five percent of the regular season, if we're going to lose all the the gate, if we're doing playoff games in front of. Bands, I was, I was looking at something earlier, and it was, I think, that uh, the Warriors, during their run to the championship in 2018, I believe averaged just over $11 million per home game. And now that's the Warriors. That's significantly more than anyone else, given 
ticket prices and, and everything. Right. So it wouldn't be like that across the league. But if you're already playing games and you're not selling any tickets, you're not selling any concessions. So literally the only money that you're making is through the media, TV, advertising side of it. Um, and you already, even to make money, seven game series have to go six games or more uh, for the networks to make their own money back. So then if you're going to best of five, you then essentially eliminate any chance of uh, ESPN, Turner, uh, recouping any of that money. I, I have a hard time believing but that the they reason, would go to best of five. But, but isn't the reason why you don't make any real money till it gets to seven or six because – people aren't paying attention until it's a no, it's, it's, game. it's all like the, it's the, the, the inventory towards what they sell off okay. of inventory. It's okay. Um, super boring, but that's, <laughs> I would love, it's good. Knowledge I would love it. It was good. Though. I, I learned something there. Uh, I would, that being said, I still love to see a good game, game five. It's not my money. So I'm not right. For, for, so for what it's worth, and this is the impact of no fans being in games. Right. So there are 259 games left in the regular season. Um, and generally speaking, teams make about $2 million per home game. Right. So that's over $500 million right there distributed to the teams. And that's not like league revenue, like the league revenue of that is significantly more. Right. That's only going to the teams. And then last year there were 82 playoff games on average. Each team makes about three and a half million dollars per game. Add it all together. That's $800 million. Mm lost right there just by no regular season uh and then no fans in playoff games as well so i mean that's a lot of money to recoup so okay so no best of five well do you think that i mean that knowledge mike had just dropped is very strong but do you think that the fact that they'd look at those first round series and most of them wouldn't even go past five games anyway true and that would factor in because i mean the nets and the magic are i mean all right, forget Kevin Durant. Yeah, the, I understand. The Nets and the Magic are probably not winning more than one game. The Grizz or whoever are not going to win more than one game. I, I would be surprised if the Mavs even won more than one game against the Clippers. So, I don't know. You're, you're probably not go, having many series go above seven, eight. They could. And they, and they could just say, like, something is better than nothing in the sense <clears> of you right. would rather have a best of five than have a best of zero and the season be over. Yeah. And it's not like an unprecedented thing. Like Carlin said, it, w- it was like that. And what up until the early 2000s, mid 2000s? Yeah, when, when yeah. Did it sw- yeah like mid 02. Yeah. Right, 0203 range. Which I, I remember at the time it happening, I think people were excited about it, but it kind of took away from I mean, it's the amazing. Great upsets that we. I'm at, yeah, like I'm at, so imagine in 2015, right? When the, the Grizzlies have the Warriors down 2 1. Yeah. Like all of a sudden now they're yeah. feeling the pressure in a way that they were not. Yeah. But do we want the do we want the first round the number one seed being upset well, no, in the first round? You don't. No, no one. Right? It's never good. It's like it's like ter- it's like upsets early in the NCAA it tournament. It kills it. But it sucks for the Final Four. But yeah. there's a lot. But it, it, it creates the drama. And, and when you look at it across the years, how many upsets actually happened? Eight one eight in the best of five. It wasn't a lot of them. Like the one thing that sticks out, is, I think. Right? Yeah. It wasn't a lot. Sonics Nugget Nugget Sonics Nugget and Sonics. Knicks over uh, Heat. Yeah. And that was a, that was the lockout year that was too. A lockout year. So that was a weird season anyway. So it, 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 I mean, it doesn't happen often, but it does create more interest. One, you go up two one, and mm-hmm. then that that team wins game three, and you're not you're now interested in game four, which the season probably ends at that point. But that's true. That's uh, that's all. That's all it is. I, I don't think you should be worried about the Bucks losing to the Magic. It's, it's not happening in a best of five, best of seven, best of nine. Don't matter. Um, best of one <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh. So the the season's going to be pushed back. This is obviously going to affect uh, a lot of the NBA calendar. 
um, the draft mainly because that's that's in the middle of June. That's probably going to be pushed back a little bit more. Free agency, summer league, uh, and when you push all of those things back, we were just talking about the money and the revenue. It makes me think about the Olympic Games, which, as we record right now, still we, we're unsure whether they're going to happen or not. Uh, right now, as we record right now, it's happening. I mean, even if it does happen, I have a hard time imagining NBA players signing. That was my thing. There, so right? a, a lot of the money that is made from the Summer Olympic Games come from mainly two sports: the NBA, the the NBA players being a part of the Olympic Games, and then also the hundred meter dash. Those are the two things that are driving a lot of the revenue for the games. It, 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 there's such a, 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 I mean, it does when you have a Michael Phelps, but on a day to, if you don't have that one star, it's not even close to what the 100 meter dash brings or the NBA now that is, that's a part of it. Michael, so, you got numbers on that? Not, not, <laughs> not off the tip of my tongue. Right, we'll get back to you. <laughs> um, but if the NBA now is not a part of that, what does that mean for, like, would you, push the olympics back because there, something's gonna have to be done because the NBA players as you said probably not going to be a part of this i mean without going down too far i have a hard time imagining that the olympics are going to go on yeah and, it, and it, I, I don't know i, I just I, I think it's a one in a thousand chance that the olympics get played mm-hmm. i agree and and i don't think that the nba players playing or not would factor in it's going to be a health situation sure Sure, but I think it now with the NBA players probably not being a part of it, I think that's that's going maybe going to push the envelope a little bit quicker because it's a large part of the Olympic Games is basketball. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, so, I don't think it, I don't think it has any impact on on the decision. I okay. think it's going to come down to right, it sh- and it should the health. It should. Um, For, beyond the Olympics, though, yeah. When you when you push everything back, it also pushes back the start of the NBA season, right? It does. So, so last year, the finals ended on June thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the regular season started on October twenty second. That was one hundred and thirty one days mm-hmm. between the end of the finals and the start of the regular season. Training camps were already shortened. Preseason was already shortened. Lasted only about three weeks. So. Let's say that game, say that game seven of the NBA Finals is on August 1st this year. And it could be later than that. I mean, it, there's no, like, it could be three weeks later than that. But let's just use August 1st. 131 days from August 1st is December 10th, significantly later. Uh, starting it on time would only be 82 days off between the finals and the start of the season. That doesn't include training camp. I have a hard time imagining them basically just cutting their off season in half and just picking right back up. But you, you also then think about the NFL schedule. So week one of the NFL last season was on September 8th. There's nothing going on in July. There's nothing going on in August. Right. Long term, couldn't the NBA in theory use this as an opportunity to say, you know what, we're just going to start our season at Christmas or in the middle of December. Now we're going to push everything back six weeks or two months because nothing's going on anyway. We probably, we aren't, we aren't then spending the first third of our year going up against the NFL. I don't know. I kind of think it makes sense. Yeah. I like it. I've heard a few people say that or that just not this season, but every season the NBA should start on Christmas. That's when people are, are paying attention, right? And NFL is coming to an end, and maybe might give the NHL a little time on it to breathe and get some more, a little more fan interest. So, um, 
yeah I, I like it i think it would i think it would work yeah that's that gonna be my next question was if if this is going to be like why not just do it the rest of the way like should we now make the decision that we just always start on on christmas right christmas? well because at some point you would have to bring it back so like let's say that this goes to august 1st and then they say yeah, all right we're going to start next season in december but then the 2021-22 year we're going to then go back to starting on time like at some point you have to do the whole truncated off season thing and you have to make that hard decision when i feel like the easier decision would be the this is just what we do now we just use this as the moment in which we just changed how things are done anyway. I know they were talking to going, uh, you know, reducing the number of games. So maybe mm-hmm. that gets, you know, brought back into, into focus a little bit earlier. I don't know. I, I think that this does provide an opportunity to regather and rethink in a way that isn't just like, hey, we're going to fundamentally introduce all these differences for no reason beyond we just want to change it. Like this is a significant thing happening, but it could be an opportunity for the NBA to, to leverage leverage the chance given to them here to do something better for the long term health of of the league. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, I would be excited if the NBA started on Christmas every every year, and mm-hmm. that's where we kicked off and ended at normal time, as you said, like in in the middle of June, June 12th. That's yeah, that's June 12th. Wow. What one minor benefit that I, i'm not gonna take credit for this sean coiner actually said this um shout out to the boss yeah wow, shout out to the boss k- kissing some some butt <laughs> boss butt okay <laughs> that bonus money going up yeah. here as we speak here yeah anyway so he said that um with all the, the the huge ratings that nba gets on christmas a lot of times you have players that are injured from get injuries they suffer in the first two months of the season but if you started the season on Christmas, everyone would be fresh. You'd get all the star players mm. playing on that day where there'd be the most eyes on it. So it'd just be good, good PR all around. Yeah. And, and when you factor in all the, the free agency moves that people are just excited. Like people were excited. And rookies. Like people were yeah, excited. the debuts of the, those guys. Yeah. yeah. People were excited for Zion. This past Christmas was brutal, the injuries. It was awful. Right. It was awful. Uh, by the way, the IOC sports revenue rankings. They're, they're tiered into groups. This is from 2016. Uh, so things have obviously changed since then. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, aquatics, group A, athletics, group A, gymnastics, group A, and then just under that is basketball. So not that big of a... I mean, a big... A, a oh, big. They're, no, they're all... Sorry, group A, those three things ahead of basketball are all on one line, and then basketball is second out of 26 sports. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a significant chunk that they're taking it like i don't think people are tuning in to see uh the triathlon or canoeing i like handball <laughs> let me see if handball is even no nah, it's not even probably not. 26 yeah out of 26. It's, it's like groupie um so yeah I, it's it's still a lot of unknown um the one thing that we do have to say here on nba sound system is that we're going to try our best to still produce uh edutainment throughout this entire break um, we're going to have podcasts. We're not going anywhere. We're going to have different style of podcasts, different theme podcasts. Actually, this break actually allows us to kind of deep dive into some of the things that we weren't able to deep dive into all season long. Um, and we will do that right here on this feed. So keep it locked. Um, anything we don't have shout outs. So I, I mean, I got, I got a shout out to the draft, ahead. the NBA draft. I got one more. Okay. Go ahead. I'm glad we're thing. talking about the draft. Cause go yeah, ahead. I got one, one more thing that I think is, is interesting to point out on how everything going on right now could impact the draft. So uh, with the revised 
draft percentages. The top three all have a 14% chance of getting the top pick. Then it mm-hmm. goes, you know, 12 and a half, 10 and a half, nine down to six and so on and so on and so on. Right now, the Warriors, Cavs, and Timberwolves have the three worst records in the league. The Hawks are right there. The Hawks actually have two more losses than Minnesota, but but are ahead of them in the schedule because they've played three more games. Um, the Knicks are an interesting one. They're technically only a uh, one game up, will per se, on mm-hmm. the Timberwolves. Right now, the Knicks have a 9% chance at the top pick in the draft. The Timberwolves have a 14% chance. So 9 to 14 is... I mean, you, you, you only think 5% more, but that's a pretty significant. I mean, it's almost doubling your odds right. of getting the number one pick. So I do think it's worth pointing out that the 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 focus is on sort of who makes the playoffs and the seeding and all of that, and rightfully so. But the grouping of teams at the bottom, specifically between Minnesota, Atlanta, um, Detroit, New York, all of those teams are within like a game of each other and it could significantly alter who's picking when and who's winning the lottery. So the regular season, like we talked about those games that no one wants to watch, they kind of do matter. Yeah. They a hundred percent matter. hundred percent matter. Um, the, uh, I just did a simulation on tankathon to see who would, uh, hear the, who would be in the, uh, pole position to select first overall in this draft. Should yeah. it happen? Cleveland Cavaliers. There we go. Chicago Bulls. Atlanta Hawks. The Warriors fall down to five, despite having the best odds. So that would I mean, be disappointing. Yeah, for yeah, them, hundred percent. I think for all of us, I think for basketball, it'd be disappointing. Why? Because it's way more fun if the Warriors get. I know the draft is not going to be a great draft, but like we it, it makes that, it, but it significantly might be, it might be better more, than we think. Though. It's significantly more entertaining if the Warriors like get Have the best. James player. Wiseman, right? Yeah. Which which this mock draft actually has James Wiseman at three, so they just missed him by two spots. Hmm. The the one thing on the draft though that's really impacted is having no March Madness because mm. this was already going to be yeah. one of the most nondescript ob- obscure drafts in a long time, and now the f- at least for the fans, they're not going to get ha- have a chance to see any of these players in the in March Madness, which is the time where they get introduced to a lot of these guys that get drafted. So not just I mean that's going to take a lot of juice out of the draft in itself, but also. This is the the March Madness is when a lot of guys increase their draft stock significantly. Like even if you look at last year, you had DeAndre Hunter go fourth, Jared Culver go sixth, um, PJ Washington go twelfth. Those guys weren't even approaching those, or even Cam, uh, Cam Johnson go eleventh. Those guys weren't coming near those those spots if they didn't have strong performances. So a lot of those guys are actually losing out on some upside now. Which, I mean. You you don't know who would have actually captured that upside, but it's still a, a, an interesting. I mean, wasn't wrinkle. there was already a thing out there where I believe it was like the top, like was it the top projected like seven picks already weren't going to be in the NCAA tournament anyway, <laughs> really because of like <laughs> Wiseman and Wiseman. Anthony Edwards and uh, lo- the ball, ball. playing There's R.J. Kill- Hamilton, Killian Hayes, who's a French kid, pretty much Frank Nilakina 2.0. He's playing over in Germany. Oh, sounds promising. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be a chance that, like, of the top <laughs> 10 guys, like, like, a lot of people have heard of, like, one of them, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough, uh, rough draft. Um, we're psyched for it, though. <laughs> I, I'm going to go the, I'm going to go the other way, though. If you're, if you are a franchise and you're, scouting department needs March Madness to figure out whether or not you should select one of these guys, then you should probably fire that guy. That scout. 
I mean, I agree there's a lot more in it, but you can't argue that it impacts guys' draft for, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. For, no doubt. No Big doubt. time. No doubt. But those four guys you named who, who rose in the draft, not having the best rookie years. Eh, P.J. Washington's been been He's, solid. He had one great – if he didn't have his first moments. game that was great, we wouldn't be talking about him. He's been God, pretty good. He's been pretty good. Is, is, is incredible. Wild. Jared Culver is, is – That's your I, guy. I mean, I'm going to keep it <laughs> – Keep not guys here, but I, I, not I, roast him. That, guy, that guy's never going to be a an NBA starter, right? And he wouldn't have even sniffed the scene if people didn't see him yeah. play in the finals last year, right? Um, and so, I mean, so far he does have a lot left in him, like in an NBA career. So far, hasn't really worked out well for the Minnesota. I mean, there, uh, you know, I think that the the two interesting parts of that is like there are going to be some teams who now get saved from themselves, yes, by taking that's, a guy who gets hot yep. for. Two weeks. On the other side of it, we've also seen guys that then end up going higher because of big performances that end up becoming stars. So I like there's going to be somebody that now gets drafted 18th instead of eighth, and whoever gets them at 18th might end up getting like, Kawhi, the, right? Yeah. Ste- I mean Steph Curry. Yeah. Right. Like, does Steph go where he did if he didn't like make that Elite Eight run early? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Like, there's, there's guys like that. So it's it kind of, there's both sides of the coin. It's It definitely sucks more for the players than it does 100%. for anyone else. Um, them not, A, just participating in, in the tournament itself is is awesome, but them making some more money, let's flat out say it, yeah. by draft, being drafted five spots earlier than you would have. Um, but like I said, if you're, if your scouting department is, uh, is, is depending on March Madness to, to tell you who you should draft, yeah, you probably probably need to go i agree you gotta do better gotta do better i got i got one shot can i do one shot yeah of course so i had to look this up um out of nerdiness after we're talking about whether pascal siakam what percentage of kevin durant he is (laughs) so (laughs) i I took kevin durant's last year this could be an entire podcast on its own are we sure this is a shout out (laughs) i don't know what it is it's something um his the last season kevin durant played his uh his PR was, I think, 24.2, which was his lowest since 2012. So that's a low PR, and that's an arbitrary stat, but that's a low Kevin Durant PR. A little cherry-picking there, if I um, say so myself. But, whatever, I mean, what are we really talking about here? <laughs> so Siakam, this year, which is by far his most productive year of his career, had 18.7, which is actually <laughs> lower than I than I thought it Me would too. be. Um, and that is, so 18.7 is 71% of... <laughs> Of Kevin Durant's oh PR last year, so maybe Pascal Siakam is seventy percent, which that might be what Kevin Durant would be of himself if he came back. So if he is only seventy-one percent of Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant came back at seventy-one percent, who do you take? A hundred percent Pascal or seventy-one percent Kevin Durant? Give me seventy-one percent Kevin Durant, a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with Durant there. Yeah, I'm still taking Durant. Yeah. I could have said fifty percent. You guys probably still taking Durant in the yeah. end. Um, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's not going to no show every time they play a good team. Yeah. All right. For Mike Adams, Alex Novick. I am Carlin Gay. We will see you next week.